we are back yes the patriarchy podcast is back we know we've been hiding um i wouldn't say hiding but rather we've been recovering from the patriarchy it's been it's been a hectic couple of months 2021 is no joke but we decided to just come back with a bang and as usual i am back with our lovely co-host judy how are you doing miss bang Hey Candice, I'm, I'm doing well. Uh, like you said, we are just recovering from the patriarchy and covering from the other P word that we don't want to say. Um, girl. And, girl, girl, with another lockdown in South Africa, I think we just all have been feeling like we are stuck in this really bad dream and the rest of the world has moved on from the dream. Like the rest of the world is moving on up. Like so many of like, people in the states that i follow um even in the uk people are on holiday people are in the clubs people are <laughs> taking shots like it's <laughs> fun you know what kills me is that love island uk has started their new season and i'm seeing people snogging and getting cuddly and comfortable yes. and here yes. we're still here we're still elbowing we're here we're still here and do you know why they're no? doing that because they're vaccinated, okay? They're vaccinated. They're doing so safely. They have taken the precautions. They are vaccinated. Their governments have taken the necessary like precautions, made the necessary arrangements to make sure that people are protected. What's your it, government doing for you? It is tiring. We are <laughs> tired with triple A's and a Y and a D. You know, like tired. tired, but that's not why we're here today. We are talking about a topic that, you know, in fact, we were ranting about before we started recording. Um, but also, I mean, this topic comes because I actually was watching the recent, the final season of Keeping Up with the Kardashians. Mm. And at the time they made the announcement that um, Kim and Kanye were getting a divorce. And I was like, okay, that's cool. Shout out to them. I mean, you know, sometimes you make the decision. But then I saw a comment from Black Twitter that said, if Kim was a Black woman, the marriage would still be successful. You know, she would have stayed. And for me, like, I think I was just really triggered by that because it just didn't click for some people that as Black women were told to just withstand and withhold any form of, like, toxicity, you know, mm. um, and just be the rocks that we're meant to be and not show any form of vulnerability. You know, as black women, we're expected to be strong. And that means even in our relationships, we should sacrifice our feelings. We should put aside our desires, yeah. um, our wants, our needs, our, our concerns, and just continue to, for the benefit of an institution, marriage, which i.e. is patriarchal. Yeah. I was triggered. So I just felt like <laughs> we need to just about this conversation today we're not married right we're, we're not married but i just feel like from our experiences of dating um we can at least relate to the fact that as black women we do sacrifice a lot like to me yeah. i don't know if you have any specific like dating experience where you've realized that we've internalized like misogyny and sexism like has there been any specific like date that you were on that you're like mm -mm, something <laughs> here <laughs> <laughs> right. you know I, I just wanted to say like 
sometimes it doesn't even go as far as like we sacrifice ourselves, you know, because, you know, like we, we won't leave even though there's toxicity in a relationship or abuse. Like sometimes it doesn't even need to go that far, right? Sometimes it really can just be, I am unhappy and I no longer want to be in this relationship. But black women are held to the standard and crucified to this cross of like, life is not about your happiness, you know? And that's exactly what like, marriage feels like in a lot of instances like it's not about your happiness it's about the institution it's about the family it's about the children it's about what will people say what are people in society are going to think of a failed marriage you know so mm. it doesn't even need to be as deep as toxicity and 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 abuse y'all like you could be with a really good man and just be unhappy and be okay with saying i i, I don't want to be here you know, like I no longer yeah. want this for myself. Um, I'm not growing in this relationship. I feel stagnant. I feel lonely. I feel unseen. Whatever it is that you feel, mm. I'm so tired of it needing to be to the nth degree of abuse for me to feel like, okay, now I've got a, a leg to stand on to say I no longer want to be here. But uh -huh. yeah, absolutely. I've definitely been in situations <laughs> I've definitely been in like weird situations of having to compromise and sacrifice and like always like, like I, I don't even know where to begin. Like I could start from like going out on a date with someone and really seeing that the conversation here is just like, so mindless and so brainless and so i need to like adjust like where i'm at and like what i'm talking about and where my frequency is because he's not quite catching my drift and so i need to be like yeah hey um yeah mcdonald's doesn't use real meat wow hectic you know like i've never heard that before you know what i mean there's like mm -hmm. so much i've i've heard stories i had a friend actually tell me he's a man and we were having conversations about dating and whatever and he says uh, to me you know my girlfriend respects me enough that like if let's say i'm low on cash on that day and we go out on a date she'll give me her card before we get to the restaurant so that i can pay for the meal or it can appear that i'm paying for the meal because you know she respects me that much <laughs> i said she my brain malfunctioned because you must respect the man and you must, you know, you, you can't, you can't, you can't have people, you can't, you can't have the world see that your man doesn't have money. So you just slip him your card underneath the table. That kind of thing. Those kind of things that I need to, I need to, I, I need to not run this act and this show that you're paying for this meal. Yet the tweet tweet is going off on my phone. That, that <laughs> notification, that's on my phone. The bank balance, that's on me. I've, I, I, there are so many stories, Candice. I have so many stories, so many things where you're just like, okay, I need to adjust this here. Okay, ugh, I need to, you know, dial this down. You know, I need to, like, yeah. you know, smile and nod and get over with the state because it's not happening. You know, I think when people think of misogyny, like internalized misogyny, they think of like, the handmaid's tale, you know, like legitimate yeah. oppressive regimes where, you know, your body is not yours. You have to be, you're called by the name of who you're owned by. So yeah. 
you know, I would be of Emil, you know, and you would be of Ria, you know, like yeah. it would, it, that's oppressive. But I think we undermine what internalized misogyny is, even in our dating lives, in our romantic yes. relationships. Yes. I mean, personally, I've been in relationships and also on dates where someone would be like, so what do you bring to the table? And I just go, my existence. Like, what what do you want me to bring? And well, I think they what what should I be bringing? You know, I think they automatically assume this girl should be bringing that fact that she can cook, she's submissive, you know, she's maybe like a freak in the sheets. No, sir, I'm not going to submit to your patriarchal notion of what you want me to be. And in fact, in certain cases, I say, you know what, besides the fact that I bring myself, also bring the fact that I am a independent woman because oftentimes mm. you get some men that complain about, oh, you know, she only uses me for my money. She's wasting so much. Or always, I can provide for myself. This is what I do. And oftentimes when I mention what it is that I do, huh, white faces. Yeah. White, blank. They can't comprehend that this girl is doing what she's doing, working how she's working, mm-hmm. and then you know, she wants to now be in a relationship. But it's 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 weird how we have to in our responses, you know, in in dating people, have to sort of minimize our potential or ourselves yeah. just so that we can be compatible or we are mm. able to date. But then I take it back to my high school days, you know. I think one thing about this podcast is that when I listen to the episodes, I'm always just like, my main trigger is always high school. Always. I just remember how being in a Model C school and, and being a, a, a dark-skinned girl, I was not, like, I was not, I was not seen as attractive, right? Mm-hmm. Um, ultimately, because I was not a blonde, skinny, blue-eyed girl who was doing amazing at netball, right? Here I am, this thick thighs, save lives, feminist, you know, loud, outspoken girl. Yeah. And she's dark skin, right? Yeah. So what that meant for me was that in order for me to be attractive was that I had to date whomstever would look my way. Whoever and would have been. Not, exactly. And even though we're not compatible, like I'm dating someone who plays that's swimming and hockey and rugby and, and and I don't like those things, but I'm dating yeah. you because you've expressed some form of interest in me and not yeah. even interest that is emotionally deep. You just say, Oh, you know, you have such pretty eyes. Oh, that is probably the most attractive thing I'll get because in this, in this environment, I'm not attractive. Right. Yeah. So yeah. We in those high school settings are therefore then conditioned to believe that we have to assimilate sound like, the other mm-hmm. white girls, you know, look like the other white girls in terms of yeah. body shape. And then no matter what, in terms of like the type of dates that we get, take the first one because you know how hard it is for you to get other guys. Yeah. And then this, what that means is when you move outside the high school environment, you will then settle. You'll settle yeah. for whatever, whomever comes your way, no matter mm-hmm. how toxic, no matter how trash, you will still settle because mm-hmm. you've been conditioned to believe that you are not attractive. And I think that took a lot of unlearning for me to note that even on dating apps like Tinder, I would simply get matches and I'd be like, oh my God, this is amazing. Like, what is it? Is it my name? (laughs) 
not your name. It's you. You look it's amazing. You. Right? Yeah. you bring something to the table and you shouldn't underestimate that, right? Yeah. And so when people are messaging you and they're like, oh, you know, I just want you for your body, set that boundary and saying, but that's not what I want. Mm-hmm. And I think as, in particular, as black women, we're, we're, we're conditioned or we we ultimately just believe that like, let's just settle for whatever we settle, including unhappy relationships, you know, because if we've seen generations and generations of unhappy marriages, then you're like, well, I'm, I'm meant to be strong. I'm meant to weather the storm. I'm meant to like, you know, a new addition. Can I stand the rain? I need to stand the rain. Absolutely. And also the idea that we can't have it all. So we always will compromise on this and on that because it, 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 we, we can't possibly have a man who finds me beautiful, who respects me, who loves me, who wants a family, who's financially stable, who's not abusive. You know, so I'm going to sacrifice. Like, okay, he, he, he gets upset and, and he throws things sometimes, but, but he loves me and he loves the kids and he provides. So there's a huge sacrifice I'm making because I can't, possibly have it all because who are we to a demand it all and to be deserve it all you know we never saw our you know, moms in holistic relationships with people who our own fathers not even people our own fathers whose bloods run through our veins mm-hmm. who loved them holistically who were at home every night who were doting husbands who loved being at home every night um exactly and who 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 provided for you know, not only our mothers, but us in every way. So, mm. so, so sometimes there's like so much stuff that we're like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm going to do different. I'm going to be better than my mom and I'm going to find a better husband and I'm going to, you know, make sure that he's this and this and this is nothing like my father. But nine times mm. out of 10, there's a huge sacrifice we're making. There's a huge space that we are losing because Guys, nothing is perfect, you know? Like, yeah. he's, he's not perfect. <laughs> you know, I can't yeah. have it all. Except, and even if we don't say that... Exactly. Yeah. Even if we don't say it, like, I know, like, I know I have a whole bunch of, you know, crap behind, like, feeling like I don't deserve the best of the best, that I deserve the scraps, and that's just, like, my childhood traumas and stuff like that. And so mm. when I entered the dating world, those were a lot of things, like you said... In high school, I was also the fat girl. I was the big girl in high school, and I was not very attractive when I was younger. I was the girl that the guy would call me to the corner and say, hey, hook me up with your friend. Hey, can I have your friend's number? I was never the girl that any guy looked at, ever, ever, ever. And so when I got to varsity and started dating, and all of a sudden, guys were interested in me. I'd lost a ton of weight from high school into varsity. I was feeling good about myself. Now I'm wearing, I'm wearing civvies all day, you know, like now I'm, I'm finding my style and, you know, guys are interested in me and guys want to take me out on dates. And I'm like feeling lucky because I'm the lucky Mm. one. I'm the Mm. lucky one. And just the situations I found myself in with the men, I found the boys I found myself with. (laughs) The the Jitas I found myself with all because I was so lucky i was Mm. so lucky that a guy that looks like this could be interested Mm. in me Mm. Mm. relatable you know i don't know have you watched uh sex life on netflix 
I have, but I didn't finish it because I I'm, I couldn't with Billy. I couldn't. I think Listen. I have like an episode or two left. I'm not finishing it because I'm I'm over it. I'm over her. I'm not going to spoil it for you, but I think for me, what no, was important No, spoil it about... because I'm not going to finish. Okay. Tell me. Okay, cool. For me, what I, I think I, I relate with Billy, but I also, she was annoying at some point. I was like, yo, Billy. Yo. Why? Gosh, Billy. Like, okay. So granted that Cooper is a wholesome, you know, attractive, yeah. moneyed, attentive husband, yes. right? Yes. He did lose, how can I say, touch with the de- of desiring his wife. Yes. So it became complete, like it became like a routine. And I yeah. relate with Billy. Postpartum stress, I mean, postpartum depression, rather, is something that I think ultimately affected her decisions and made her yearn for her past life where she felt that like she was on top of the world, she was wanted mm. and desired. And now she's in this sort of beautiful marriage but she doesn't feel like she's getting that desire you know yeah. that she she needed yeah and ultimately you know people were saying this could have been resolved by you know a conversation they could have gone to therapy they could have done whatever 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 right but yeah. i think what i what i appreciated about billy was that although yes her choices were very confusing and she could never decide like what she wanted she in the end, made the decision to say, yes, I love my husband, but he's not giving me what I need, Mm. right? Mm. And I know you can give me what I need, and I'll still be with my husband. It was weird. She Mm. ultimately went back to, she went back with Brad, right? Okay. Um, And they, they solved the issues. Her and Cooper solved the issues, but then after the whole concert with her, her son, she ran to Brad's apartment and her husband knew she was at the apartment because he installed a tracker on her phone and she comes out of the lift and she says I'm not leaving my husband but I want you to sleep with me that's what she said and I'm like I can respect a woman who knows what she wants because she knows her husband's not not giving her what she wants physically right yes. because she's tried she's she they, yeah. did, they did different things they were in the bed he was they were trying different he was watching baseball at some point <laughs> it wasn't working okay like they tried and it wasn't working so i can acknowledge that right but ultimately did it have to be an eight episode re- uh series maybe not right maybe not. It have to be, like but i think i think i respect the fact that she was able to choose what she wanted rather than having to just simply submit to say I'm in a marriage institution and I should just settle. I can respect yeah. that. But then again, yeah. Billy is a Caucasian woman living in the suburbs of Connecticut. She drives a Jaguar. She la- has a nice life. She can easily break a MacBook Pro or A and get a new <laughs> one. No consequences. You know? Absolutely. Uh-huh. Yes, yes. But if we down, we pin it to a black woman's experience, if let's say Candace is in Billy's shoes and she's between two guys, right? She's married to, I always make note to Henry Cavill. Henry Cavill, if you're listening to this podcast, slide to my DMs. <laughs> so she's married to a gent like Superman and then this other like bad boy comes into my life and is like, whoa, 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 right? As a black mm-hmm. woman. 
I already know what's happening. There's a family meeting. My family's in my house. They are saying I've disrespected the marriage institution. I have two kids. I already know as a black woman, there's no way I can entertain another gent when I'm already yep. meant to entertain yep. the one I'm with, even though he is mediocre. <laughs> but I think like what you're saying, like in terms of our context, so key, so key. I just think that the way that white women have been socialized and the way black women have been socialized are two completely different things. Like uh-huh. we are just like constantly in survival mode, A, B, constantly in a need mode or in a, in a, in a space of lack, right? Because of our context and how we, so we don't have the freedom to say because he's not putting it down like that in the bedroom, I'm willing to sacrifice my marriage. Whereas a white woman context it feels justified that, oh, I'm not being satisfied in the bedroom. Therefore, I'm going to destroy my entire family because Mm -hmm. I can't have a conversation with my husband. And here's my issue with Billy. And here's my Mm -hmm. question. Is episode three, two, three, wherever, where where the husband had found the journal and now he was doing things to to step up and he was was going, they went to the pool and they went, you know, on the kitchen counter and on the dates and in the car. And sure, we can can unpack why he was doing all of that, right? But I remember particular scenes where she would call her bestie saying, oh, my word, last night was amazing. Yo, last night he put it down. Last night we connected on a different level. So what that tells me is like, all this man needed was to be told that I need you to be a little bit more kinky. I need you to do A, B, C, D, E, F, and G. Billy's issue was that she was just attached to and missing her ex that's just plain and simple Mm -hmm. it wasn't that brad was giving her things that the husband couldn't give her i mean sure brad had some things he he was he was packing some things let's just put reference episode three 19 minutes just if you've not watched sex life just go to episode three yes then drag to 19 minutes yes and then you'll see why You'll see yeah. what we're talking about. I mean, sure, mm-hmm. the husband didn't have all of that. But the husband obviously was able to satisfy her because for two, three days, she was on cloud nine saying, oh, my word, exactly. this is great. It was just the infatuation with the toxicity of Brad. It was just that bad boy thing that because her husband was not a bad boy. He is, you know super like preppy boy from a good college, very white, very well behaved. So... I think it, it's not even a, for Billy. And I think for a lot of white women who are able to have this freedom to want it all, they can and have the liberty to be like, yeah, I could just talk to him and he could do better, but I'm just not, you know, like I'm just I'm not. not. I'm going to throw the MacBook on across the, the, the room and hit the wall because I'm just yeah. going to get a new one. <laughs> when I saw that scene, I was screaming because I was like, if I had to do that right now, I'm throwing... What twenty thousand rand across the room because I'm not happy with my ha huh? guys. I was just like, this is pure caucasity chaos, and I'm Pure-ly. still watching. I'm still going next episode, next episode. No, you know I couldn't. At was, some point, I couldn't. It was, it was it was purely fiction for me because I'm like in a real world. I know I can't relate to Billy's world, right? Mm. But I can relate to her emotionally as a woman. I can understand. Yes. 
But this whole thing of like, I'm going to throw my MacBook, then <laughs> on the motorbike with my ex. The scene that sent me, the scene that ended me was the fact that she asked Cooper to go on a dinner date with her best friend and Brad. And she made her best friend, Sasha, i.e. a black woman, mm-hmm. pretend as if she's dating Brad. Now, in what world would I be in a restaurant with my husband and my <laughs> ex-boyfriend and my best friend sitting at a dinner table pretending to be all habalulu, peace, love lives here? Ne- ne- never. So for never. me, it was like one of those, it was an escapism. It was escapism yeah. to its finest because I was just like, there's, there's no way. There's no way. You know, when I knew that Billy did mm-hmm. not care a damn about her family and care a damn about her husband was that very night when she invite when she goes home with brad and invites brad into her home and introduces her children to her ex that was when i said i think that was my last episode actually i said there's no way i said this woman doesn't care a damn and i know where this is going and i know where it's going to end she, she does had- not care a damn. Not one she, damn. She had a whole fantasy when, because he proposed, right? He proposed. Had a whole fantasy about how their lives would be with Hudson. And oh, yes, what is the I remember that. Name? Yes, I yes, just like, I remember that. Are you okay? Okay. Okay. But yeah, you know, for me, uh, sex life was just one of those things. Where I was like, I'm just going to purely watch it for the content, the lols, the banter. Because I won't lie, the whole time I was watching it, I was there on Twitter dropping memes. Like, not Billy, <laughs> not Brad. <laughs> Guys, like, it was, just, it was just a hard mess. But I think the whole yeah. the reason why I brought it up was because I feel that, you know, like, as Black women, we just, we go through it all. And I just want to read something that I came across as research for this podcast um, episode. So... It says here, it's, it's, it's actually a blog post by, um, it's called Afri- Moyo Africa. Um, there's no author. But for me, what is really great about this article is that it breaks down into different aspects how we as black women sacrifice. So looks at it in our families, looks at it in motherhood. And then in particular, it, 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 it points an amazing picture about how we sacrifice in romantic relationships. And I quote, um, you know, from a very young age, we realize that our desires are not so important. Therefore, we grow up with a false self-image, we accept the unacceptable, and we endorse all sorts of things. That's the norm for us, because we don't know anything else. In a very predictable way, this is felt in our relationship with others, precisely in our dating relationships. We internalize that misogyny, that idea that as women, we're not that important. It's a daily struggle because trying to think the opposite of what we're being taught is very difficult. Mm. For example, a very popular subject, infidelity. Under us, guys, this one is trivialized. Why? Where does the idea come from? We are asked to forgive, to accept, to bear because all men are unfaithful. No, this is false. Know your worth. Set boundaries. Show that you will not accept the unacceptable. Similarly, a woman will be asked to stay with a violent man. The reasons given are often the same. Namely, you have to stay for the children. Marriage is for the better, but also the worse. It's not that big of a deal. So we will also be asked implicitly 
to lower our standards. After all, who are we to ask for a handsome, ambitious feminist man? Why not be content with what is within our grasp? Or why not follow the example of our mothers, the ones who have had unhappy marriages? Because we are a new generation, because we accept our imperfections, our failures, we get up every time. And I just mm-hmm. feel like that that section was like, this, this, this author wrote this for black women to say, yeah. I don't think you affirm yourselves as much when it comes to what you accept romantically. And mm. I, I don't know. How do you feel about that? How do you feel about that? Like, I'm still processing what she, this, this thing said. No, it's, I, 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 I hear you and I feel you on, on every level. I remember it makes me think of um, my, my, my aunt. I think my aunt was telling me the story about my gran. Um, when my aunt was a kid, my gran was obviously with my grandfather and complaining to my aunt about how she wants to leave him. And he's just so um, unfaithful and, you know, all of this stuff, you know, like, and, and my aunt as like a 12 year old girl says, so leave him, like not really even understanding what she was saying and like the context or like what it would even mean to have her parents no longer be together. And she says like, she, she will never forget her mother's words being First of all, mortified that her 12-year-old daughter would say, so leave him. Mm-hmm. And then very sternly saying, that's that's not what we do here. That's not how it works here. And that was the first time my grandmother had said to my aunt, this is how this is marriage. Mm. A man will never be faithful. A man will never cater to every single thing that you need and want. This is what marriage is. This is what it is and so her needing to grow up with that kind of mentality and how difficult and sometimes damn near impossible to undo that thinking right because not only will you put it through those very words you saw it in action you saw it not only from your mother but from your older sisters your older cousins your friends their mothers their fathers in relationships so this is the norm to you the same way that like it is normal to us to expect respect and to expect you know to be considered for them like they, there was nothing else and so mm. that then is passed on in weirdo in different ways today right um maybe not as directly as her mom had told it to her but she now has a daughter who witnesses her relationship and her marriage and of course she can say okay there's some things here like that I wouldn't do I wouldn't up with but it just becomes a cycle of the things that we teach our daughters or not even teach them but the things that they witness and i think a lot of the times our moms don't see don't don't realize that we see more than they think we see they think that the only thing we learn is like the stuff that they say you know like we see (laughs) you know you can talk about Mm. you know being strong and independent all you want but when i see men treating you a certain way or my father treating you a certain way that's the kind of behavior that i absorb so yeah i completely agree with this with this excerpt that you just read um Mm -hmm. but we are a different generation of women we are a different type of woman we are you know a, a a generation of women who are a lot more articulate or rather able to articulate our needs, able to identify the spaces that we need more or less. And like you were saying that you might not re- relate to Billy all the way, but you stand the fact that she knows what she wanted. 
And she was yeah. able to fully articulate to Brad, I'm not leaving my husband, but there are some things that he can't do for me that I'm going to get from you. And so now we have that language to say, okay, I want it all, but I might not be able to have it all with this one person. So I'm going to get what I need to get, right? So I love that we are, we are a different generation of women. You know, we are a different breed of women. I'm lucky enough because, you know, my mom also was not about that. <laughs> my mother was like, failed marriage, working marriage, I'm going to be about mine. I'm going to be about my happiness. Mm. And it's done wonders for how I navigate relationships because I have never seen my mother in spaces where she's not happy. Like one thing that lady knows how to do is leave. <laughs> one thing she has done is disappointed her parents to the nth degree for her yes. happiness. So that is, the, that, that, that is the trail that was blazed for me and uh, mm. the trail I will continue to blaze for others around me because there's no mm. ways. Mm. And I think, I think ultimately, like, it is about asking yourself, like, it's knowing, it's knowing yourself and it's knowing about, you know, and I think a lot of times people say, oh, know yourself, know yourself. But I think it, it deeply means, like, when you think about the type of life that you want to live and the household that you want to have mm -hmm, like mm -hmm. who are you with who are you waking up to and how yeah. do they respond to moments of difficulty how do they respond to moments of happiness and yeah. also how do they respond to moments where you're maybe doing well and they're not like you need yeah. to you need to know you need to you need to visualize that for yourself and say this is the type of person that i want to be with the type mm. of person that i'm willing to commit myself to and then never settle because yeah honestly like you can't you can't sit here and say may my soulmate is in four ways or my soulmate is in midrand when there's the whole world there's the whole world guys i'm just saying like I just think it's so important that we just need never settle. Like, just always yeah. understand that our the, the 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 lives we're living is much bigger than it's just much bigger than that. And I just feel like yeah. if you are set on having a Cooper, you know, you want an attentive, caring, loving, um, you know, man who is willing to build a life where he's like. You baby, you don't have to work. I got you. Then mm. go for that, you yes. know. But if you want someone who's like, I want to be your partner. I want us to share equally in the roles and responsibilities of this married life. So you work, I work, and we deal with that together. We take care of the kids together. That is fine. Don't settle, right? Like, yeah, just, just never settle. I think that for me is the most important like lesson for today. And I think for me, it would also be like a lesson I would like transfer to my kids, especially my girl, my girl children. If I ever have them, like don't settle. Like, yes, you might be a dark skinned girl and you're at a school where they say, this is the, the, the epitome of beauty, but you are who you are and you embrace that you embrace the fact that you are beautiful and if someone tells you that don't make sure don't make sure it's it's for your soul and not just for the physicality of it because Absolutely. like like material things it ages with time right so will mm. you still love me when i'm when i'm when this me? is gone yeah exactly. but i also want exactly. to say that it's also okay to change our minds, you know? Like I think mm -hmm. that there is a, a time in your life, like 
when you, you desire a Cooper and that's what you see yourself doing for the rest of your life. You want someone who's going to take care of you and be attentive and be patient and give you beautiful children. And there comes a time in life, you turn 46 and you're like, this has been fantastic, but I'm no longer happy here. This is no longer taking me to where I want to be. It no longer serves me. And honorably, walk out of that situation and go and find the thing that you now want. It's okay to change your mind. I just, I'm, I'm just like, let, let's honor what was here. Let's honor what was built. Let's respectfully be like, okay, this is not working for me. It's not working for you. Cool. Let's go our separate ways. Like I will never ever be like, yes, cheating. Yes. Go cheat. Don't get what you want. Because I think there is a way to go about changing your mind and saying, Cooper is no longer for me. I want a Brad. There's nothing wrong with that. But tell Cooper, mm-hmm. okay, let him know. Exactly. My brother, this is not working for me. So that we can both go and find the thing that wants us, you know? Mm-hmm. Even if you you are Cooper's absolute dream, Cooper also deserves to find somebody that wants him as wholeheartedly as you want the other thing right exactly let's change our minds it's okay to change our minds because we grow we're not the same people we're not going to be the same people for the rest of our lives but Mm. let's be let's respect each other let's respect the thing let's respect the situation and then i think that's ultimately what you know kim kardashian did i i you know the way i see it that marriage could have it could have taken a different path where text messages are shown yeah a whole video of love you know i mean there could have been so much that could have gone wrong so much you know and i also and i think we also need to consider at the end of the day that like kanye had his battle uh was still having his battle with with bipolar and i think what 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 maybe made kim feel like this is just no longer serving me was when she realized that her person isn't serving himself. He's not Mm. taking care of himself, you know? And it got to a point where him not taking care of himself ultimately led him to, you know, saying ridiculous things on Twitter about attacking her family, you know, like, why are you, why are you saying my mom is Chris Jong-un? Why are you saying that my sister has ugly feet? Like, I think there was just there were things that were happening that, that that just made the relationship realize, you know, as your wife, I'm no longer getting what I need. We have yeah. a l- lovely family. Our kids are amazing, but I'm going to respectfully just leave. Yeah. You know, yeah. I think I and respected that. I'm not going to show the text messages. I'm not going to, you know, also show my scars and my bruisings the way that you have. I'm not going to put you out on the street and put my put your business out in the street because at the end of the day you're still the father of my children you know exactly and on the note of changing her mind like in one of the the last episodes of keeping up she said like i thought i could be with a man who moved from state to state and was a free you know uh carefree uh creative genius and i could be supportive of that but I don't want that anymore. <laughs> she quite literally mm. was like, I, I don't want that. I, I can't be that wife. I thought I could be her, but I, I'm not. And so mm. I think there is, it is so okay. It is so honorable to change your mind guys and be like, I, I, I wanted that when I was 20. Yeah. Today I'm 35. I don't want that anymore. You know? Exactly. Um, exactly. Yeah. It's so, yeah, guys, this, this, I think it's a, it's a good way to end the, end the episode and just saying that, like, 
it, it, always just just being connected with yourself like just being like in sync with yourself rather and just ultimately just always just make sure that what you're getting romantically is just serving you and you're not you don't feel yeah. like you are downplaying or you are assimilating or just mm. make sure you are always you you know yeah um and i'm gonna end it off with this quote where it says remember this in our dating relationships we must learn to take care of ourselves first be happy with yourself before you want to be before you want to be happy with someone else love yourself cherish yourself take care of yourself your physical and mental health work to achieve your goals to advance your projects you can do anything um you know and obviously she's saying here, yeah, your sex, your gender, your skin color will make it a little more difficult for you, but inspire yourself with other black women who have never given up for loving themselves and for settling for a love that will always cater for them. So mm-hmm. I think that's just something that as an affirmation is a good way to just end the podcast. Like yeah. as much as you are looking for a love out there that you want from someone else, make sure that the love that you're getting from yourself is is great you know mm. that you know that if the the love that you're looking and seeking from someone else is not to your standards you can just step your foot down and be like hey this is not to my standards this mm. is this is not what i want this is unacceptable yeah. um yeah yeah to me do you have any final thoughts none whatsoever you have said it all you said it all girl i try my best i try <laughs> my best <laughs> So we are going to be a little bit more regular on the podcast. Um, we have decided that, you know, I, we're actually going to be having episodes with the authors. Realize that we actually don't have episodes with authors. So yeah. like, from week to week, we're going to have like each author come on, share their experiences of what inspired them to write the chapter that they've written, but also just to talk generally about like the topic. Because um, I think, you know, sometimes in as much as we can just talk or focus predominantly on literature we can also understand that it has a greater impact on us in society and maybe things are happening in the world we were like we need to touch on this so yeah you can expect more content from the patriarchy podcast we hope to at least end the years on a strong note um and as usual you know where to find the book that has been written by amazing 10 women you just go on the website www.perilsofpatriarchy.com and you order that book if you are an international listener it's not only just available in south africa you can get it wherever you are if you are in russia get it if you're in america get it if you're in france you can get it just place the order you know what to do so yeah um i forget how we usually end these podcasts i think like i think we usually just say thanks for listening guys and remember the patriarchy won't fight itself. I think that's how we end it, right? <laughs> I, think, I think that's it. <laughs> you got it. <laughs>